0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thinking Curious, where we unpack abstract ideas that are wrapped up in stories to discover truths that can help us live well and encourage us in our pursuit of purpose. I'm Jessica, your host. Today, we're returning to the fourth story in our short story series. The story is Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and this is part two. During part one, we thought about internal and external characteristics and the contrast made between Goldilocks and the Three Bears. We noticed that their behavior seems to be purposely inconsistent with what we typically expect of bears and little girls. In short, the story provides a good example of why it's not wise to judge a book by its cover. For part two, we're going to consider the author's continued use of contrasts that may be able to teach us something about nurture and nature. Two phrases used repeatedly by the storyteller stand out. They may communicate ideas about nurture and nature that were once common sense. For years, there has been a popular debate about whether nurture or nature has more bearing on a developing person. Nurture is related to external influences from our environment. Just as plants are nurtured with care to produce fruitfulness, nurturing children includes bringing up a person in ways that nourishes their mind, body, and spirit as they mature into their purpose. Human nature relates to our biology. It's built in, part of the fabric of our being. It identifies us as humans apart from other living creatures. Keenan Malik writes in his article, Materialism, Mechanism, and the Human Mind, that human beings are unique because we, to some extent, can shape our own fate. We are also conscious beings with purpose and agency. More recently, the tug of war for superiority between nurture and nature seems to be a draw, as we return to what common sense has long understood that a person's personality and character are the result of both their nature and the nurture they receive. That relationship is now recognized scientifically as neuroscientists and systems biologists from Harvard Medical School reveal just how interwoven nature and nurture are. Is it possible that the simple story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, written long before neuroscience was a field of study, Communicate something of the relationship between nature and nurture? Let's look at the two phrases referenced at the beginning of the podcast, and you be the judge. Listen to the following excerpt and the use of the phrase, well brought up. Of the bears, the author writes, One day, after they had made their porridge for their breakfast and poured it into their porridge bowls, they walked out into the wood while the porridge was cooling, that they might not burn their mouths by beginning too soon for they were polite, well-brought-up bears. The same phrase is used twice to explain the behavior of Goldilocks. The author describes her, A little girl called Goldilocks, who lived at the other side of the wood and had been sent on an errand by her mother, passed by the house and looked in at the window, peeped in at the keyhole, for she was not at all a well-brought-up little girl. Then seeing nobody in the house, she lifted the latch, opened the door, and went in. And well pleased she was when she saw the porridge on the table. If she had been a well-brought-up little girl, she would have waited till the bears came home, and then, perhaps, they would have asked her to breakfast, for they were good bears. Did you hear how the phrase, well-brought-up, is used? Does it relate to nature or nurture? The storyteller repeats it to contrast the effects of being well-brought-up with not being well-brought-up. Throughout the story, the bears are described as behaving thoughtfully and purposefully, of being good, polite, and hospitable bears because they were well-brought-up. On the other hand, Goldilocks is described as behaving in ways that demonstrate she is not at all a well-brought-up little girl. The omniscient storyteller shares a belief that the way they were brought up affected their behavior. This relates to nurture. Based on the evidence given to us by the storyteller, we can deduce that Goldilocks has not received nurturing instruction, and her behavior demonstrates that. She lacks the skills and character to satisfy her needs in a constructive way. The author rejects the notion that Goldilocks is trespassing, stealing, And destroying private property are acceptable simply because she's not been brought up well. Her actions are done thoughtfully and with purpose. She's culpable. If her actions were excused by the storyteller on the basis of her not being brought up well, the author would be portraying Goldilocks as a victim incapable of purpose and agency. Now when we speak about human nature, we identify innate yet flexible qualities and traits recognized as shared by humankind. As noted earlier, two distinct qualities of human nature include purpose and agency. And this brings us to the second repeated phrase, which is, just right. The storyteller describes Goldilocks's search to satisfy her needs as looking for what fit her just right. That's a statement of purpose. She was hungry and relieved her hunger by eating Little Bear's porridge, which was just right for her. Then, to alleviate her weariness, she looked for a place to sit that was just right for her, and she found that Little Bear's chair was just right until the bottom fell out, dropping her in a heap onto the floor. Then finally, because her fatigue persisted, she found that Little Bear's bed was just right for her nap. Goldilocks searches for what fits her just right and accomplishes her objective. Because the reader is told by the storyteller that Goldilocks is a determined little girl, we may say that her personality trait of determination fueled her human agency as she purposed to find what was just right to satisfy her needs. This is a demonstration of human nature. Knowing as we do that she was not nurtured properly, we can appreciate that her determined character and action-oriented problem-solving nature may be seen as helpful traits for survival and, with care-filled instruction, could prove powerfully good. Our human nature and the nurture we experience work together as we mature into our developing selves. Human agency enables us to put effort into finding new ways of living more fruitfully where nurture was in short supply. History, psychology, literature, and common sense teach us that being brought up well is a result of being instructed by someone with whom we experience security and love. Being secure communicates that we are valued, while love's goal is guiding others in a way that teaches them how to discern what is true and how to do what is right and to recognize what is beautiful. Security with love that offers care-filled instruction, intended to develop skills that produce connectivity, autonomy, and equip children to live well as they pursue their purpose, does not smother, dictate, or control a child, nor is it a laissez-faire approach to parenting. It grows in a mutually respectful relationship. We need to restore what was once common sense, that nature is what we are, and that nurture includes the influencing factors in the formation of our personality and character. For a long time, it was suggested that children will find their way to living well if left to themselves to wander about. Catching up with common sense, neuroscience now concludes that human feelings, beliefs, thoughts, and behavior are the outcomes of the complex and creative interplay of genetic code and relational experiences. Raising children who are very well brought up requires that we offer tailor-made responses that fit our children emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and physically with compassion and respect. Understanding that children are motivated to engage in skill-building activities that satisfy their needs and equip them to lay hold of their purpose, we need to nurture in a way that encourages engaging in skills they can practice as they mature practicing a skill that is too hard or a skill that is too soft will not succeed. However, it will be successful when it fits them just right. Thanks to all the story lovers, thinkers, and curious who joined me today. Tap the subscribe or follow button to catch our next episode. Join by clicking the Thinking Curious review link below to receive the review in your inbox, updates, and support our work. Each review offers additional content and analysis of the ideas that inspire the podcast.